We are delighted to have you worshiping with us from afar. Again, that joke doesn't get old to me. Maybe to you it has already, but I'm kind of enjoying being a televangelist. I never thought that that would be on my resume, and now it is. And I just want to welcome you from near and far. We've had people uh, tune in from uh, South America, Brazil, uh, from parts of Asia. Uh, It's been incredible. Africa. Uh, amazing, amazing uh, outreach, uh, people tuning in. And so uh, we welcome you as well as our members of Reformation Lutheran Church here in Westminster, California. Brief announcement, um, during these trying times, we've been calling uh, people from our office and we have set up a, a phone tree uh, to make contact. And I know that lots of you have taken upon yourself to do the same thing from your homes, and I thank you. It matters, and uh, the worst thing, uh, I think, for a person is to be alone and lonely. And so we're uh, grateful for you taking efforts to uh, curb that, to make it a little less bitter. Now, to that end, this last week, I had an opportunity to meet a young man named Zachary. And Zachary is a freshman in high school, and he has been given a gift from God, and that is a delightful personality, a loving heart, and the ability to sing. And he has come by the church here and several of our members and put on an impromptu uh, concert where he brings his own speaker, his own music, and he sings, and he is delightful. My point being is this is a thank you to him and his mom and to God, and also, if this is something that you might like to do and arrange your neighbors for socially distanced, uh, hand washing, you don't get to touch anybody, but anyway, he'll come. So call the office and talk to Ashley or myself, and we'll help arrange uh, to get Zach uh, out to your house and to see your neighbors. Um, call, call soon because he's filling up his schedule. So with that, we uh, welcome you to our service, and we begin with our opening hymn, which is Our God.
This morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us.
But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment for self-reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole wor world and for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The first reading this morning is from the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 14, following verse 36 through 41. Acts chapter 2, beginning with the 14th verse. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. 
Listen carefully to what I say. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Our next reading will be Psalm 116, verses 1 through 14. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up a cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The epistle this morning is taken from the first book of Peter, chapter 1, verses 17 through 25. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your path and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. 
For all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of of St. Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Luke 24, 13 through 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still their faces downcast. And one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened therein these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. And in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find a body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When 
he was at the table with them, he took the bread and he gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures unto us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them and assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated, and at home you probably already are. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? That's Luke 24, verse 32. We have a, a wonderful front seat, front row, and the scene is Easter afternoon. Cleopas and an unnamed disciple are walking the seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It took them probably about three hours to make the trip. Now a third man joins them a man who appeared not to know, not to understand the events that had taken place surrounding Jesus' crucifixion and his death. And so they talk. And the disciples readily admit that they were, they were really hoping Jesus would have been the one who was going to redeem Israel. That's Luke 24, 21. They also admit this, that they knew it was the third day since these things happened in verse 21. And for good measure, they confess that indeed some women came and told them about Jesus, the empty tomb, and the angels who said, he is still alive in verse 23. Now, from our front row seat, we, we see and we read that Jesus told them that they were foolish and slow of heart to believe what the, scripture, the scriptures clearly teach them about the Savior who was to come. And why does it seem so hard to believe the obvious? Why don't all people who hear the gospel believe it right away? especially those who lived closest in, to Jesus' time. Why couldn't they believe it? They were right there. Well, they were sinful, just like you and just like me. 
they were sinners. And so whatever the reasons for not getting it, right away they had no excuse other than their own sinful nature. Jesus had to open their minds, and he was made known to them in the breaking and the blessing of the bread. Then, then their eyes popped open. They knew who it was, and then he was gone. But he's not gone. Amen? He still comes to you in the breaking of the bread, in his gospel that is preached in your baptism. He came to you, comes to you, is with you, and he comes to you in absolution. There, the crucified and risen Jesus, the one, the one who paid it all for your sins by his death on that cross, he saved you from everlasting damnation. That Jesus is made known to you through the sacraments. He's made known to you there in the scriptures. The word made flesh is given to you. Now, I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to put words in your mouth or thoughts in your head. Have you ever thought, or have you ever asked this? Do we have to go through confession again this week? Have you ever thought or said, it makes me uncomfortable, I'd much rather skip it? And why do we begin the divine service in this way anyway? Every week, same old thing. You know what I'm talking about, right? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 9. We begin the divine service. We began the service, the divine service this morning Confessing that we have sinned, we confess the problem actually runs much deeper, whoa, much deeper than the sins we commit outwardly. We confess that not only have we sinned in that way, that we have sinned in our sin at our very core, at the very root of all things. We are sinners. We are sinners because we are sinful. And outside of baptism, sin is the only thing that defines us. One more time. Outside of baptism, sin is the only thing that defines us. But you are baptized. And that's the reason you might think that I would rather skip this part of the divine service. It reveals my old Adam. My sinful nature would rather run than be confronted with the truth. Now listen to this. God's law is a mirror. And it shows me, it shows you who, who I am. 
who I really am. I am by nature sinful and unclean. I have sinned against God in thought, word, and deed. By what I have done and by what I have left undone, I have not loved God with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbor as myself. I justly deserve his present, his eternal punishment. Does that sound familiar? Does a light bulb go on or a bell ding? If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us, says John. The truth is that we are dead in our transgressions. The power of sin that rules over us means that we are by nature enemies of God. And that's why Dr. Norman Nagel writes this. Confession is facing up to God with no fudging. Confession is, is facing up to God with no fudging. Confessing is as if he says, you sinner, and we say, yes, me sinner. Um, the caveman persona uh, emphasis was my own. Forgive me. But that's the way it is. That's about how in-depth it is. Oh, the glorious exchange to us, simple sinners. God's divine service gifts, his gifts, they flow from the beginning to the end of the service. And although my old Adam or your old Adam might fight against and despise it, my new nature in Christ sees confession only as a gift of faith. It is faith that hears the word of God declaring us sinful and confesses the same. Yes, we are sinners. But more importantly, more importantly, we are forgiven sinners. This is the dynamic of repentance. Sinners confessing their sin because they yearn for the comforting of absolution. We confess because we want to hear the words, your sins are forgiven. In the Augsburg Confession, it affirms this. Repentance consists properly of two parts. One is contrition, and that is terrors smiting the conscience through the knowledge of sin. And the other is faith, which is born of the gospel or of absolution and believes that for Christ's sake, sins are forgiven. It comforts the conscience and it delivers it from terrors. Now, repentance also consists of two parts. Confession and absolution. Just as the processional was all about Jesus, so repentance and confession and absolution is all about Jesus. Confession is all about Jesus who became our sin for us. When we confess, we place our sins 
on Christ. Our sins have been given to Christ and they are done away with. We no longer carry the guilt, the shame, and death sin once rightly held over us. We are like the Israelites, placing their sins on the one who can take that sin away. As it is written, he is to lay both hands and the head, excuse me, he is to lay both hands on the head of a live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and the rebellion, the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. That's Leviticus 16.21. Now, we, you, me, place our sins on the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world in his death. The goat spoken of in Leviticus is a shadow, a shadow of Christ. It was Christ who carried our sins to his death. The divine service begins with forgiveness. And sinners cannot enter or stand in the presence of a holy and righteous God. We do not have a God who is only holy and righteous. We have a God who is filled with compassion and mercy for sinners. And absolution is peace that is gifted in forgiveness. Absolution brings us life when we are dead in sin. This gift is delivered to us in the words of our pastor, who speaks the words of Christ to us. And the absolution, the absolutions are life-filled gospel words. Now, we are free to confess because we no longer bear the punishment for our sins. The punishment that we deserve was placed on Jesus. And he took responsibility. He took responsibility for the wrong that we did. He took responsibility for the good that we left undone. Jesus has freed us from having to work for our own salvation. And we are given the gift of faith to believe the words of absolution from our pastor because we are forgiven. We have peace to live a life of thankfulness. We have peace to live a life of service to our neighbor. We are forgiven. It's who we are. We are redeemed forgiven, baptized children of God. The absolution is a promise. The absolution is a promise. You are forgiven for Christ's sake. And that's a promise that is kept. Finally, remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. Now what does that mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. That's from our small catechism on the third commandment. Let me ask you this. 
We're almost done, I promise. If, if you knew that you, if you knew that a million dollars was going to be given out after the sermon each week, what would you do? You would never, ever miss church, right? You wouldn't even think about it. After all, you could get a million dollars after the sermon. Yet, every Sunday, our Lord gives away eternal life at your church. Every Sunday, Jesus takes what he won for you with his holy life and bitter sufferings and death, and he makes it yours. He makes it yours in baptism. He makes it yours in the word, in the sermon, and in the Lord's Supper. And, and, and the cost, how much does that cost? How much would you give for eternal life? A million dollars? A trillion dollars? All that you had? No, the cost is all that Jesus had. Amen. It's his life. It's his death. You see, salvation has been, it's been earned by Jesus and delivered to you solely by grace. That is, that is as a gift. What he earned, he gave to you. It is received by you and by me. It is received by faith alone. So which is more important to you? Oh boy. Which is more important to you? The money or forgiveness? Well, let me ask you, how do you live? You make uh, all sorts of things, higher priorities than church, don't you? Now, I have to admit something before I go on, that since I became a pastor, my church attendance is really good. But I have to tell you this because I love you. So you have all kinds of priorities, and sometimes church isn't just on that list. Sometimes it's St. Mattress. Sometimes it's sports. Sometimes it's school. Sometimes... I don't know, you fill it in. I'm not going to do that for you. But I bet you, you wouldn't miss church if you knew that a million dollars was going to be given out after the sermon. And there really is something significant going on in the church every Sunday. It's not a ton of money. It's the forgiveness of sins. So, repent of your sins and cling to your Savior. For the glory of God is this, that Jesus died for you anyway, regardless of whether you're here today or not. He died for you. And he has given you another opportunity to hear his word of forgiveness. You have been raised again to a life no longer despising or treating his word like it's nothing, but clinging to Jesus' word of pardon 
You're clinging to Jesus' word of pardon like your life depended on it. And it does. So in the sermon this weekend, you got something. Something more precious than a million dollars. You receive Jesus. You receive his cross. You receive his forgiveness. You receive his life, his salvation. And glory be to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of the day is Above All. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what
Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for all people in accordance, in accordance to their needs. You have heard our pleas for mercy, O Lord, and given up your Son to be our Savior. Hear us now as we come to you on behalf of ourselves and all people according to their needs. Our hearts have burned in us, O Lord, as your word has been read and preached. Keep our faith from growing cold and grant us grace that we may not waver in faith or succumb to temptation. Give to us and to our children receptive hearts that we may hear and hearing believe and believing be steadfast in this faith and hope all of our days. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You, you have cleansed us, O Lord, with water and the word in baptism, and you have marked us as your own people. Give to us grace that we may live out this faith in holy lives, lifting up your name in word and works for as long as we live. Guide us, that with souls purified by obedience to the truth, we may love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless your church, O Lord, that she may welcome the stranger in Christ's name and manifest the unity of the church in the bonds of love. Gather together those who are separated and preserve their faith by your word until all precautions and shelter measures have passed. Bless those training for church work vocations. Bless each of us as we live out our baptismal vocation of worship, of witness, 
of prayer and of service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guard our nation, O Lord, that we may enjoy peace and security in the face of threat and danger. Bless Donald, our president, the Congress of the United States, Gavin, our governor, and all state and local officials, that they may fulfill their offices faithfully. Bless all emergency and medical workers and the members of the armed forces who protect us and teach the nations the ways of peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Deliver us from all of our afflictions and grant us strength to bear all our burdens. O Lord, hear us in particular for those whom we name in our hearts and out loud right now. And according to your gracious will, heal the sick, relieve those who suffer, comfort the grieving, and give peace to the dying. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Stay with us, O Lord, and be our strength and weakness and our hope in time of despair. Your gracious will once kept the saints in faith, even unto death. Keep us, we pray, with them in your faith and fear, that we may be found faithful when Christ comes again in his glory to bring to fulfillment all things once and forevermore. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Through the breaking of bread, O Lord, feed us upon the flesh of Christ and grant us to drink his blood in faith. Forgive our sins, strengthen our faith, build up our unity as a congregation, and equip us through this communion to love you and love one another as you have loved us. Preserve the faith of those who wish to receive the sacrament in the presence of the congregation but cannot, and grant them their desire soon. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Accept, O Lord, the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving we bring for all, your goodness and generosity. And with our song of praise, accept our tithes and offerings that your church may have the resources to proclaim your gospel and care for the poor and those in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. These and what other things we need, O Lord, we pray you to grant us in the name and for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, whose death has made full atonement for our sin and whose resurrection has granted to us the promise of our own joyful resurrection to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. And now, may the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. And you may share the peace at home.
Will you pray with me? Blessed are you. O Lord, our God, maker of all things, through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is, indeed, right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. How we long to see you again here in this house. How we long to meet with you at the altar for his true body and his true blood. We pray that you are well. We pray that you would call out if you are needful of anything. And we ask that you pray that this time would be finished, accomplished for his will and his glory, and that we can come together as a family on that weekly family reunion at the divine service. And now, receive the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you for worshiping with us. Our closing hymn is The Voice of Truth. May you be blessed. Amen. Climb out of this boat and then Under the crashing waves To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand But the waves are calling out my name And they laugh at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed Ways they keep on telling me time and time again, boy, you never win. You never win. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, Do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says, This is for my glory. the street.
Says this is for my 